morning, lads and lasses, friends, Romans, countrymen, and women, and welcome to a bonus episode of the Soccer Talk Lads podcast. Today, our intrepid co-host Justin Horniker will be interviewing a very special guest, Cindy Laura of BlueTestament.com. Cindy was gracious enough to join Justin to talk about the National Women's Soccer League, a league that has been thrown into chaos after The Athletic last week published a story containing allegations of sexual misconduct against former North Carolina Courage head coach Paul Riley. These allegations sent shockwaves through the league and rose all the way to the top, seeing Commissioner Lisa Baird resign from her post after 19 months on the job. Now, Justin and Cindy will do their best to pick out the pieces and figure out what comes next for the National Women's Soccer League. Out of sensitivity to our listeners, we should warn you that this conversation touches on subjects of sexual harassment and coercion, and those could be difficult for some of you. Please be advised. And now, without further ado, take it away, Justin and Cindy. All right, lads, lasses, non-binary friends, welcome to the STL podcast. With me, Justin, one-third of the host of the Sock Talk Lads podcast, but I'm not alone. I have a co-host or a guest, I should say, in Sydney Laura. Sydney, how are you doing today? Good. How are you doing? Doing good. Did I pronounce your last name right? I should have asked you that before we got started. <laughs> uh, I think it's ended. Okay, <laughs> cool. Cool. So, Sydney, you write for the Blue Testament. You cover NWSL. You cover KC NWSL in particular. And I wanted to have you on because some may not be familiar, but I'm sure everyone that follows us is familiar about everything that has kind of gone down in the NWSL this past week, starting with Meg Linehan's explosive reporting. I think Thursday was when the report came out. And then after that, uh, that report, of course, outlining some sexual coercion and just other general abuse happening within women's soccer, particularly of, and I have his name right written down. I just always forget it. Paul Riley. Um, it's a very forgettable name because I want to, you know, more focus on the women that, you know, he coached that, you know, he made this abuse towards, but anyway, Meg Linehan and Katie Strang had an awesome report. And then, Everything kind of snowballed from there, leading to Lisa Baird kind of stepping down over the weekend. And hopefully that's not the end of that fallout since uh, more needs to happen. But I mean, where do we start first? I mean, like, I don't even know where to you know start with this outside of the explosive reporting that happened. Like, what was your general read? I know it was very emotional just going through all that. And yeah, it's it's very heavy um, for sure. You know, Paul Riley is a very successful women's coach. You hear Paul Riley and you mm. think of North Carolina Courage. You think of their, like, explosive, like, high-scoring, high-press offense. You think the success he's had um, in the NWSO and also just building, like, players like Sam Lu- uh, Mewis and Lynn Williams and um, – Crystal Dunn, well, she was already pretty good, but then she just continued being awesome in North Carolina. So it's a very, a very highly successful coach. And so it's just shocking to hear somebody of that's been such a big name, so big in the women's soccer community to just, oh, he's actually Mm. not a very good human being. So, um, yeah. And the sad part is, it's just a continuation of what 
that's been happening, I think, within the past year at least, that's been more public, is these coaches that are actually have some dark spots some that um, are you wouldn't know about it until somebody speaks out mm-hmm. about it, you know, that, and that's just a problem. And then how much did DNWSL know? And then how much did front office know? So it's like, are they covering up for these guys? And then it's just, it leaves you so uncomfortable. Yeah. In a past life of mine, I did a lot of reporting. I come from like the college track and field background. So I've done a lot of reporting on just collegiate scandals that, that ring very similar to this of successful coaches kind of getting these complaints swept under the rug and administration knows about it. But the second that these allegations come to light and they get kind of this public backlash, then the coach is fired or then, you know, answers are asked for, even though as it's kind of been reported, the NWSL or at least, you know, Lisa Baird had known about this investigation or had been investigating it since as early as 2016, when at least Alex Morgan was aware of it, which was part of the story that stuck out to me as well. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. It's like these two players are, were on the, not known and it took somebody i mean they are known but they're mm. not the prominent stars not you know, like, international stars that we think of anyway. right yeah. um and so alex morgan is highly influential and so it, it took somebody to step in to be like hey we need to do something about this um because these women are not on you know everyone's you know front page news or uh, yeah so <laughs> That, that's the thing. I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it took like somebody to step in and do something mm. about it. And still it, it continued and oh, it's just. I yeah, I think I think it's so explosive. Like the reason that this had such an impact is not only because Paul Riley has the coaching pedigree that he has, but because it's like the fourth scandal in the past few months that's been a national story with the NWSL. And I was kind of thinking about this today as I'm kind of like taking my notes and doing my write up. And I'm thinking, you know, where does NWSL go from here to build that trust back, not just with the athletes, but with the fans and the supporters too. Because as a NWSL supporter, you're left kind of thinking that, not that you're complicit, but you've been supporting and taking joy from this person that has been a predator. And, you know, I think it's only natural to feel a little bit of like guilt associated with that. Where do you think, like in your mind, how does NWSL not move past this, but how do they take these lessons and, you know, build a stronger league off of that? Yeah. And I think question, I know that that, that is a big question because I think, you know, if you don't follow the NWSL and you, I think this this latest thing caught like Nash, everyone's covering it. I'm mm. like, oh, there's a scandal happening. Of course, you're going to talk about the NWSL. And um, I I think this, the league is stronger. It definitely does need to get rid of uh, the toxic culture that it has. And that may include um, some people not being owners or mm. there needs to be a stronger vetting process for everyone. You can't just come and coach the NWSL just because you have some resume or a coaching license. I think, and, and it also just goes back to like, why are there so many men coaching in the NWSL when it's mm. women's league? I mean, not, but I mean, there's, I think one coach at the time last year, I think there was the New Jersey coach, uh, Alice, oh, am I saying her name right? Don't quote me. Um, but 
I was confusing her with the GM, but um, she now went to LAFC. So even that presence of like, there's not that many women coaches in the NWSL mm. either, you know? So yeah, Louisville had a women's coach that was let go this year. So that yeah. <laughs> is a whole different thing. <laughs> yeah. So it it's, there's definitely needs to be some cleanup from the top, from the top. And it, this all begins at the top from, mm. you know, you think for so long that Lisa Baird is on your side on the player side. Oh no, she's actually more interested in getting sponsors and looking out for the owners and which, you know, I get it if you want the league to be successful, mm. but I feel like at the end, at the bottom of the rung where these players, and I'm like, we don't, if there's no player, you can have a thousand sponsors. If we don't have the right players it's not going to go anywhere. So, um, yeah, it, it, it kind of just needs like a fresh start, um, from the top. Yeah. That was kind of my feeling too. And, you know, especially with Los Angeles coming in next year and with the new KC ownership group, that's born out of what happened in Utah last year with Delay Hansen that we kind of covered on this podcast a long time back, but it's been a while. And, it does feel like growing pains in a way, but like I also follow like National Women's Hockey League and everything that goes, you know, into that mess. And for some reason, it feels like as these women's leagues start to you know, try to get established, there's always, to me, it feels like, not to put it in this broad of a picture, but it always seems like there are these leftovers from the men's game that for some reason always find their way into the coaching ranks and they shouldn't have been giving that chance in the first place. And then of course, with that, with coaching, I was a college coach in past life, like I said, and there are so many instances of coaches overstepping that like coach athlete boundary because you're spending a lot of time with someone and it's easy if you're already kind of a predatory person to you know, take advantage of that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's the, that's the, such the scary part. It's like, mm you know, there's, there's, these guys have so much power and just even just reading that article, I mean, you just feel sick to your stomach. Cause you're like, Oh my gosh, like you're just a young woman trying to play soccer. And there's this man who's 23 mm. years older, making moves and making you feel comfortable. And just, I, it's just, it, it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's, there's really no other way to put it. So kind of switching gears a little bit, not to completely switch gears, but to talk a little bit, since you cover kind of KC more than anyone else in the league, how do you think, you know, since they've kind of been promoted, not promoted, but they've been included in this kind of leadership council that NWSL is putting forward in their search for a new commissioner, do you feel like they should be involved in this? Do you feel like kind of the character of that ownership group is, you know, at the point where you want them helping decide the next commissioner or how comfortable do you feel? I guess what I'm trying to ask, how comfortable do you feel with the ownership's direction to the greater direction of NWSL? Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of that, I think, like you said yesterday, um, there is with Lisa Baird out of the picture, there's like this committee that is going to be mm. helping the front office. And one of them is Angie Long from um, Kansas city, one yes. of the owners of Kansas city NWSL. So um and also along with her is Amanda Duffy from the Orlando Pride, who also led the NWSL for a few years. And then Sophia Savage. 
if I spelled the name right, but uh, from the L O L Rain. Yeah. So um, I think it, I think it does set a good um, example for the NWSL that um, first more women in higher positions. Mm. Um, yeah, for sure. It, it is a predominantly women's league. Um, and then just also Brittany Matthews is part of the NWSL Kansas city NWSL. So uh, I think I, I mean, I just, from what I've seen the past 12, not, not 12 months, but like 10 months, I think now this yeah. ownership group, um, they, they really do look out for the players and are, and are, are thinking of them. And that's, that's, that's such a foreign concept, I think in the NWSL to, to put the players first. I mm. think for so long that's not been the case. And we're finally, I think we're seeing an ownership group led by the Longs and Brittany Matthews that are putting the fan, I mean, the players first. Um, they're getting for them, I mean, building a whole new training facility for them um, for next year and then moving them from Legends Park to Children's Mercy Park. So um, I think it's good. I think I think that's going to, I think, change, change the trajectory of the NWSL and where it should go for more women in leadership and really excited and really cool that one of them is Angie Long. Um, so like I said, nothing, I have nothing but high praises for the <laughs> okay. Kansas City. Right? You have a better read than I do. So that's, yeah. that's good to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah. And especially, I feel like they have been doing great moves like between the privately funded training facility and then moving to Children's Mercy instead of playing in Legends Field, which has been a disaster this year. So <laughs> looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, same. And just to kind of, you know, before we wrap this up, I you said something about, you know, it's run by the players, but it also is kind of run by the supporters in a way, because I, don't know, I feel like the, I feel like there's, I don't want to call it a battle, but it seems like it is like players and supporters versus the team owners and NWSL sometimes with how this league has been structured. So I think we are at a good point where, you know, it should be a player driven league. This is a domestic league of the greatest international women's soccer team in the world. And it should be a leading domestic league as well. And now we have the, you know, typical European powers and the European leagues are trying to take mm -hmm. women's soccer more seriously and especially women's champions league. And, you know, while the NWSL is kind of in flex, you're losing Tobin Heath to, you know, staying in Europe, you're losing a lot of this kind of main domestic talent. Do you feel like the NWSL has like, once it gets that stable footing to build on and with LA coming in next year as well, do you like, where do you feel like that ranks them versus like, the French league versus the women's super league in England. Now, how in your mind, like, where do you view them on that hierarchy? Cause I always view them, I think a little bit higher than I should. No. And I, and I think that's, that's, that's a fair assessment. Um, the NWSL is, is considered the top league in, mm. in, in the world. It's highly competitive. I mean, even players have said like, you can be a bottom team and still compete very highly with the top team because there, there's not that many teams. And I feel like in Europe and France specifically, there's your two teams, you know, PSG and um, the, the Leon. Yeah. Like oh, wrong team, wrong team. Um, so those I feel like are always going at it. And then mm. in Manch in England, you have your Arsenal and Manchester city. So 
you notice that the higher funded clubs are going to do better, are going to do better. And then here in the NWSL, when you could have independent clubs get be competitive, I mean, for a long time, it was Kansas City and they were not tied to a major club. And then um, North Carolina, too, not also tied to a club. So it it is it is a very competitive league. And I do think it is um, one of the top team, one of the top leagues. Um, it just so happens that right now it's just tainted by all this unfortunate yeah. scandal but on the competitive level the nwsl is the at the top i would think i think that's what makes this all like hurt more than it should is because like this should be the league leading the way in the women's game and it just gets i don't know it likes to trip on its own feet a lot of times when it has that clear runway but i guess uh hopefully all these kind of scandals relatively early in the league can lead to some stability down the line ideally yeah, for sure. That's that's the hope. Um, it's the tenth year. Um, eventually we gotta they gotta get it together, right? Yeah, and I think you know, I we talk about this with MLS a lot. Not to make this about MLS, but like it seemed like that league was gonna fold any second now in its first ten years. And women's soccer in the U.S. has had three leagues now before this, right? Yeah, ish that haven't succeeded. So. You know, mm-hmm. there are going to be some growing pains there, I think. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah, it's but I mean, yes, I, I do think the growing pains are there. But um, coming up on the 10th year, I think there should be more of stability. Mm. Um, and, and we thought we were going to get that with Lisa Baird as the commissioner. And everybody was excited and she got high praises. Um, but, you know, and any and and. And it's not all on Lisa. Like this scandal is not all on Lisa. Um, she didn't hire these men. She did not interview these men. Um, it, essentially, it's also on the owners who hired mm. these individuals yeah. and the front office who did not do anything. Um, so yeah, I know Garrett Paulson's kind of come under fire for kind of his role in it as well. Right. Yeah. So it's like it can't. It can't all be on this this woman cannot be the scapegoat of this whole situation. It's, it's, it was a collective failure and of the higher ups. That was, yeah. I when I saw that Lisa had stepped down, I said, okay, great. But I, hopefully that they don't make this it, hopefully this isn't the only ball to roll. And as we've seen in Washington, like sometimes owners just don't sell no matter how much pressure there is to do so. Right. Right. That's, cool. that's the unfortunate. Yeah. Well, Cindy, I appreciate you hopping on for a quick conversation about this. If people are interested in kind of what you talk about, what you write about, where can people find your stories about KCNWSL and everything you write about? Yeah, that's thebluetestament.com. I also have an independent podcast called The T.O. and that covers NWSL and Kansas City NWSL. Cool. Yeah. And uh, Kansas City is a up and coming team for sure. I have a lot of, I don't know, I feel really good about next season and kind of where this team is going with how they structure this expansion season for building upon. Agreed. (laughs) All right, Zenny. Well, thank you so much. And we will talk to you all later.
You can follow Cindy on Twitter at CinderL9. That's at C-I-N-D-E-R-L-9. And you can check out her writing about KCNWSL and everything else NWSL at thebluetestament.com. Also, check out her independent podcast, The Teal. Thanks once again to Cindy for joining the show, and the STL podcast will be back with you soon. Adios. Then sleep somewhere else tonight. Going back to Kansas City. And I love you, dear. But just how long can I keep singing the same old song? And I love you, dear. But just how long can I keep singing the same old song? Invite me into your house